Welcome, sports fans, to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Schmoltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. Whoa, the Matt Mosley Show. We did, got to do the 3 o'clock hour today. Going to continue on in the uh, 4 o'clock in our usual uh, our usual slot. And uh, very pleased to be with you. Got Sam Kahn. Um, got Sam Kahn going to join us at uh, uh, 4.20. And then at uh, 5 o'clock, uh, we got the Nikki Collins Show. And she was, uh, boy, she had some fun stuff. And she was all over that uh, the men's game the other day, Baylor and Villanova. She got to direct the band. She was in the bear pit for a while. Uh, she got to spend some time with Dick Vitale. So you get to hear all about that, like what that experience was like. And then they got a big uh, showcase-type thing coming up, game against Michigan. That's going to have uh, kind of a hoop Hall of Fame-type festival uh, that they have. And that's going to be up in uh, Connecticut. And that's a, uh, or wherever that Mohegan Sun, I've always thought that was up in Connecticut. But they're going to have that, and uh, it's going to be Sunday. That's a good That's a good matchup for the Baylor women. And uh, we will have later this week, uh, uh, Baylor has a, uh, a new uh, soccer coach, Michelle Leonard. And I, I'm, this is exciting. I mean, I, I was a big Paul Jobson fan. And I was very surprised that Paul had done a great job. And I was very surprised he was leaving. But it opened up an incredible opportunity. And the Bears turned to somebody from DBU. And uh, that is, uh, talking about Dallas Baptist. And that is, uh, that, you know, they, they've had great sports programs there. They have an incredible baseball program. And a lot of people, including University of Texas and Baylor in the past years, have been very interested in their baseball coach. And he has stayed there throughout all these years. And that just, uh, he's a guy that that's a life's calling. Uh, uh, that's his life's calling. And, and uh, he's going to stay there. But the women's soccer coach, they go to the, the NCAA tournament all the time. Um, I mean, they were a, like a Final Four team. They really, really good program, and um, she, after having been there for, oh, man, I, I think I saw maybe 13 seasons, long time at Dallas Baptist. She's making her way to Waco, and, um, and they're going to uh, get back to us and let us know when we can uh, have her on. So that'll be, uh, be kind of cool. Now, Aaron, you love seeing some of our uh, Aaron Sexton, our uh, uh, very talented uh, producer, who you hear from uh, during these uh, couple of hours. Aaron, you like going to these different – you like going to the women's basketball. You were at the men's game the other day. Have you ever seen the uh, the women's soccer program in action? I have not. I have not gotten – I have not had the chance to uh, see a soccer game yet. We've got to get you out there. And that's, that's a good atmosphere. And I remember I was in school about the time – the program started and in fact some of our classmates Lindsay Denham comes to mind maybe Karis 
Johnson was on that team. Anyway, they they were just on a club team, and Baylor flipped the switch in about 1996 or seven, and said, you know what, we're going to play some uh, soccer, and uh, and some of those club team members became NCAA Division One scholarship type players, and uh, Baylor's had a great run. And we'll continue to do so. But I'm excited about this new coach. I haven't uh, – I should have made time to talk about that before now. But uh, I think that's a uh, – I think it's a tremendous hire from what I can tell. I happen to have a, uh, a close friend who works in development at DBU. And he works with all those coaches and raises funding and all that kind of stuff and knows the AD really well. And I got to know the AD when they were making their baseball run. Baylor did not make the NCAA tournament this year, so I kind of jumped on the DBU bandwagon. I'm sure Coach Rodriguez appreciates that. But um, I did. I started showing up at some of their games, and it was fun. They're Baptist, okay? If I can't have Baylor there, at least we had some Baptist. That, that, and so I was uh, – and, ba- and by the way, I should say, Baylor had some extenuating circumstances. Steve and the gang turned that season around, and um, – and then they uh, then they got hit with the COVID down the stretch, but really had turned their season around and were tracking toward the NCAA tournament. So I don't want to downgrade the Bears, but I do think that um, I think this I think the new coach Leonard it's spelled L E N A R D, and I mean I, I think it'll be a great fit spiritually. Um, what is it we say now? I've never heard this for years. Even though we've had extremely spiritual people in our program, we used to have, we had Grant Taft, one of the great uh, spiritual leaders in all of coaching. But we started talking about our mission fit. Are certain people a mission fit at Baylor? I've never heard that in my life until Mac Rhodes and some of his folks uh, got into town and, and they started using this mission fit. I think my man Kevin Gall, okay, we'll credit him. Kevin Gall, who came from uh, uh, Eastman Bodine, which was a uh, incredible executive search area, I'm going to say he introduced us to the phrase mission fit. But from what I can tell, Aaron, I know, Aaron, do you feel like I'm a mission fit at Eminem Broadcasting? <laughs> what is our Did mission you say fit? Misfit would... or mission fit? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, just, I tried to say some kind words about our program just uh, moments ago to somebody in uh, management and was and was quickly uh, batted down. Uh, was told to go back to my corner. Uh, Aaron, this is but I think Michelle Leonard is uh, is uh, uh, I I really think that uh, this is uh, this is a tremendous hire. So this will be fun. So Aaron, let's uh, tell you what we'll do next year. Let's do like a pregame show. Let's do our show from that. Um, Be- uh, what is it called? Betty Maysfield. Anyway, I, I love Betty Maysfield. Well, but no, Betty Lou. Is that it? Okay, because there was a Betty, there was a Be- Betty Lou Scott that we knew, but this is Betty Lou. This is Betty Mays. Anyway, I'm getting my Betty's uh, mixed up a little bit. There, no, there's a Martha Lou Scott that was there. <laughs> That's the problem with me having attended Baylor. There's just I sort of remember all these names start coming to me. But there was a Martha Lou Scott and then Betty Mays, Betty Lou Mays. I think you may be right, Aaron. But that is a quite a complex. And um, I, I'm excited 
for this hire. I think it's going to be really good. Now, what do we have coming up today? We, we have uh, Sam Kahn Jr. is going to be at 420, and he's got a story on Jimbo at A&M and what they've been able to accomplish in recruiting. And with this, uh, I mean, this is the week. This is all this stuff hits tomorrow, the early signing period. This is enormous. And I'm excited to hear, like, who Baylor ends up with, who signs. I mean, it's a tremendous, a lot of people interested in this from a media standpoint. And, uh, man, I hope, uh, I'd love to hear Dave Aranda get up there and talk about some of these people, these early commits. I love it. And Baylor always does their, uh, their group does a tremendous job with, uh, they're very creative, they're a creative team. And they do some stuff on, uh, one time they had some, like, um, what would you call that, Aaron? Like claymation, not claymation, but almost like Muppets. And they, and they had Muppets in the shape of some of the, the players that were signing. It was, it was a couple of years ago, and it was really well done and fun. And so they always come up with something kind of neat. And so I'm anxious to see what they do tomorrow as they announce. And is, are, are a few people going to flip? Sure. Did Joey McGuire, was he close to some of these players? You bet. And he'll take some of those folks to Lubbock. But Baylor may flip some people. And uh, Baylor's had a class put to bed for a pretty good while now. And I think they're, they'll take all of those folks. And, and this will be a, it's going to be a fun. Generally, of course, we think of this as the 2022 class because it happens in February. But in this case, because of the early signing period, it happens a little early. Is this the last time this will happen? Probably. I do think so. So, anyway, we'll, we'll talk to uh, Nikki Collin at 5 o'clock today, Baylor women's coach. And then tomorrow we got a great signing day program uh, for you. We've got Kevin Longquist lined up, and he does a great job following all these recruits. He's going to hop on with us at 420. And then a guy that I really, really uh, think does an incredible job, Mike Roach from Horns uh, 24-7. Now, people will be like, Mosley, why are you having a Horns person on? Well, he actually – he does know the Texas recruits really well, but he also knows all of the Big 12, SEC, knows the Aggies. I, I find him to be tremendous on uh, signing day. So we're going to have Mike Roach on tomorrow at 520, and then at 5 o'clock tomorrow, none other than Drayton McLean Jr., the namesake of the stadium, and um, and we always love. We don't really have to have a reason to have Drayton on. He's become a great friend and a great uh, uh, backer in our show. But I mean, Drayton is just uh, he he's just a uh, he's an all around great person. But he also knew Dave Campbell tremendously well. They had a long friendship, and the the McLean family was were great friends with the Campbell family. And, in fact, not everybody knows this, Drayton, uh, the McLean Group, owns Texas Football Magazine now. And I think when Dave Campbell was thinking about selling the magazine, which happened, his name's always been on it, so I think some people were surprised to know that he didn't own it anymore, but he wanted to keep it in the family. And uh, who better to sell the magazine to to Drayton McLean, a, a huge member of the Baylor family? So I always thought that was a really neat deal, how that happened. And then Drayton the third, 
um, who I was talking to yesterday, he's kind of over that magazine now and 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 uh, and helps uh, kind of oversee that. Greg Tepper would be kind of thought of as the publisher, and then they've got some really good young writers. Matt Stepp does it, um, and uh, Shahan uh, Jayaraja used to. He's gone to CBS now, and they've hired somebody else. But uh, they've got some really talented young folks, and that is a uh, it's a great magazine. And uh, and a lot of us are going to gather Friday to celebrate the life of Dave Campbell. Uh, he uh, passed away at the age of 96. All right, it is 4:15, and it's now time to get ready to talk to Sam Con Jr. from the Athletic. Covers the Big 12 and covers. All the Texas schools, actually, uh, all the Texas universities. We'll talk to him next. This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The very warm temperatures as well as the cloud cover continues here in Central Texas. We'll see steady temperatures this evening and overnight with mostly cloudy skies. Temperatures holding on to 69 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow, a breezy day, a high of 79. And on Thursday, mostly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of a little rain and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes changes in the weather. Ring in the new year with Baylor football in the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's the Big 12 Champion Bears and the Ole Miss Rebels Saturday, January 1st from New Orleans in the All-State Sugar Bowl. It's the Big 12 and the SEC on January 1st in the All-State Sugar Bowl right here on the home of Baylor Bear football, ESPN Central Texas. The perfect gift for that special someone on your Christmas list can be found at Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond. They are your one stop for rustic furniture for both home and office. Saddles for adults and children, gold and silver jewelry, cowhides for area rugs and decorations, and guns from brand names Smith & Wesson, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Merry Christmas from Appaloosa Trading Post, Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Are you ready to jump into a career with a local Fortune 500 company? Sherwin-Williams has warehouse opportunities available with starting pay at over $20 per hour and regional CDL driving opportunities with pay averaging $84,000 annually. Sherwin-Williams offers competitive benefits including medical, dental, vision, life insurance, 401k, and pension. Apply online at careers.sherwin.com. That's careers.sherwin.com. Or call 254-523-9500. They have it all at Deadfish Grill. Great food and atmosphere, signature cocktails, and a perfect view to complete your day. Their menu features seafood, steaks, burgers, catfish, and chicken fried steaks. Some of the best seafood entrees in Central Texas include coconut shrimp, gumbo, oysters, Cajun pasta, and salmon. And ask about Sunday brunch. Come catch a bite and enjoy the sunset. Deadfish Grill on beautiful Lake Belton. Check them out at deadfishgrill.com and on Facebook. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Mike McCarthy has already ruled out Tyron Smith for Sunday's game versus the Giants. Jerry Jones said he expects to see Terrence Steele starting at left tackle and Lyle Collins starting at right tackle on Sunday. 
an unusual high number of positive COVID-19 tests on Monday. Has the NFL and NFL Players Association considering further changes to the league's coronavirus protocols as the regular season enters its final four weeks. The league had 37 positive COVID-19 tests on Monday. Former OU quarterback Spencer Rattler is headed to South Carolina. Baylor, as expected, is the new number one in college basketball. The Bears are the fourth team to be number one in four weeks. Two Big 12 games tonight. Arkansas State at number 25, Texas Tech. And Arkansas Pine Bluff is at number 17, Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Oh, man. Uh, it's a big day and get ready for early signing period to uh, ramp up here. And Sam Kahn Jr. joining us now, a man with great focus. He shows up at these things. Uh, he is uh, he he's been, he's been very busy. Sam, I, I boy, you got my attention. I, there's been a lot of fun things today. First of all, um, how about how about SMU uh, right back in business with a new NIL deal to uh, uh, pledging an annual contribution of over a million dollars. I love that Eric Dickerson is right in the <laughs> middle of this thing, Sam. This is, uh, this is almost too good to be true. Can, can, we, can we get some Trans Ams involved in this NIL program? <laughs> I would love to see some SMU players in 2021 driving some Trans Ams. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, you, you knew the deep-pocketed SMU alums would get uh, involved uh, here in this space. So nice to see that Eric is behind part of it because now it's all above board and everything's above the table. So uh, go wild, Conies. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I'm trying to think some of the blasts from the past. Uh, Ken Andrews is a name that comes to mind. Sherwood Blunt is a mm-hmm. name. I, fe- I feel like all those old uh, all those old SMU guys, uh, and some of them, by the way, Sam, were, were kind of proud of their contributions. Now, I don't know if Sherwood's ever talked to anybody. He did not participate in that uh, Pony Excess uh, 30 for 30. But some of those guys like Ken Andrews, they don't mind telling you, Sam, that they were, <laughs> they were, right, they were an integral part of, uh, of making those uh, contributions. Now, I, I'm excited about this. Uh, about, I, I was reading about uh, Jimbo Fisher, uh, and I thought that was interesting. You caught that he had said at one point, uh, he talked about how he'd be dumb to leave, recruit all these people, and then leave. But I think what you picked up on was he kind of cut off. He almost said, we may recruit the number one, and he cut himself off. And we think he was about to say the, you know, the number one class in the country. Now, it, does it look like from your vantage point and all the, your team of experts at the Athletic, Sam, that, um, that, that Texas A&M very well could be? the number one recruiting class in the country? Yeah, that's definitely within reach. If they have a strong finish tomorrow, and of course we still have February to go too, so so some of that stuff could be in flux, but they, they could certainly exit the early signing period this month with the number one class if things fall their way. They've got a few uh, five-star and high four-star prospects still lingering out there that they're very much in the mix for. A few of them will announce tomorrow. Uh, Denver Harris, the cornerback from North Shore, Eni White, edge rusher from Philadelphia, Cam Newberry, offensive tackle from Atascadita down here near Houston. So there's a few of those guys. If, if they are able to get 
maybe those three and a couple of others uh, and hold on to the guys they have, they they have a real shot. And then, of course, uh, there's, there's a couple others waiting. Uh, there are Harold Perkins, who will probably wait till February. He's announcing at the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, Shamar Stewart, uh, a linebacker from Florida, who's also uh, announcing at the uh, – uh, in February. So, so they are able to round up those guys. And right now they're in good position with just about all of those guys. You really could be looking at the number one class of country, which no other school outside of Alabama and Georgia has had the number one class in the last 11 years in the country. That was amazing. I saw that 11 cycles, uh, Alabama and Georgia it speaks to what they're able to do. Um, I, is, does Jimbo just, I, I, it's just so interesting. I think you mentioned in the in the uh, story here about uh, the Houston area. I, I think Jimbo had a good read right when he got there. I mean, A and M used to when they were when they were operating at their their highest back in the day. They recruited East Texas like crazy, and then of course the Houston area. And what Jimbo did is come in there and just, I mean, he's wiping up in the Houston area. Who is, Sam? Who is that like? On his, other than just Jimbo, who on his staff has emerged as like just the elite recruiter? Um, and and I mean, because this this is I I don't think the the difference in College Station is in Austin is what it used to be. I mean, it used to be Texas would say, "Hey, come to Austin," or you could go to Podunk College Station. And and now I don't even feel like that seems to matter to these recruits anymore. Yeah, it, it's. Honestly, really, I think these days it's about fit. It's about, you know, where, what, what can do the most for me? What, what's my future potential against the league? Uh, and, and A&M has been helped by being in the SEC in that regard because you're playing against the conference uh, that's going to send the most players to the league. Uh, and then obviously just from a facility standpoint, I mean, A&M has always been on the forefront, uh, at least in this last 10 years. Uh, in terms of facilities and in the arms race in that that regard. And obviously, you know, just like everybody else, you know, their players have done pretty well with NIL this year ever since it got instituted. But they've got a lot of really big-time recruiters. Uh, Terry Price, the defensive line coach, who has been there really all the way back to the Kevin Sumlin era, uh, he has been a big-time recruiter, especially on the defensive line. He was really big with them getting Walter Nolan, the number one defensive lineman in the country. Uh, James Coley. A tight ends coach from from uh, from Georgia that uh, Jimbo hired away. He's a big South Florida recruiter. Damian Craig has done a great job uh, as a as a receivers coach and recruiting receivers. Daryl Dickey, uh, I saw him down in Houston the other day. Uh, the office coordinator. He's done a good job. Elijah Robinson. There's a lot of guys on this staff. Jimbo has built a really good staff of recruiters. But on top of that, he's built a really good support staff. Uh, Marshall Malcow, who was the director player personnel at Georgia, hired him away. 2020 from Georgia. Marshall's led a really talented recruiting staff behind the scenes. And I think that's the one thing that separates some of the really good recruiting programs from the elite recruiting programs is the Alabamas, the Georgias, the A&Ms of the world have these really deep staffs in recruiting when it comes to analysts, uh, player personnel people. Uh, you get a more eyeballs on video and you get more hands on being able to talk to the kids and and dial up the kids and, and stay in com- constant communication with them. A really robust social media department with graphics. That's a big part of the mm-hmm. deal, too, which Jimbo wanted to upgrade this offseason. They did that. It's a really big operation, and Jimbo's done a really good job of staffing it up with some really good people. 
Talking to Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic, and you wrote about it, Cypress is an area of Houston that they've hit, they've hit hard, and that Cypress-Bridgeland uh, Bridgeland quarterback, Connor Weigman, uh, that, that has come in there. What do you, how do you see their quarterback uh, situation of the future? Uh, Calzada, the news came down that he's transferring out, even though obviously he became a made man with that win over Alabama. And uh, how do you? I mean, Haynes King was uh, was a starter at the beginning of the season. Is this Weigman? Is he? Do they think? Hey, he could actually uh, get in the competition immediately, or are they going to try to kind of ease him into things? He'll definitely compete immediately. He's going to enroll in January. I believe January 11th. He said he'll be on campus, so he'll go through spring ball. And as a five star, they're going to give him the chance to compete. Now, would I expect him to start? Probably not. Jimbo Fisher's offense is a pro-style scheme. It, it's He asks a lot of his quarterbacks, very demanding. I think it's hard for a true freshman to start in that scheme. I, Haynes King would probably be the favorite coming out of spring, assuming he's healthy. But also I would look at, for A&M to look in the transfer market. Uh, now that Calzada has declared that he's going to the portal, uh, I think Jimbo is a little wary of the depth and experience that they have at that position because King has only – uh, started two games before he got injured against Colorado. Uh, didn't play the rest of the year, obviously. And then Wegman's a freshman, true freshman coming in. After that, all they have is a walk-on who was a true freshman this year, Blake Boast, who was the backup after King uh, got hurt. So they need another body. I, I would. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, we've certainly heard that LSU quarterback Max Johnson is somebody they might pursue. They certainly have some interest in him. Uh, they could obviously look some uh, their other quarterbacks out that they could evaluate too, but I, I would look for them to probably bring someone in just to give some experience and throw it in the competition. King, I think, would still be the favorite probably to start just because he won the job out of training camp and Jimbo's very very high in him. But he, he's got to be 100 percent healthy uh, to get that status. You know, like if Ewers had gone in there, Wegman probably would have left, or Wegman would have changed his commitment. Um, uh, perhaps I mean you would kind of think that and I know we haven't really mentioned A&M lately but uh, I don't know I always hear rumblings the Aggies thought they might have at one point thought they could have had him uh, it's kind of interesting now at Texas it, it, does he walk in there and would you be shocked if if Quinn Ewers is not the starting quarterback this fall do you think that's the way this thing will trend not I mean not necessarily I think it depends on how the room shakes out I mean certainly you don't think Casey Thompson and Hudson Carter will both be on campus by the end of spring football. I would imagine one of them might depart, and perhaps both of them could. Uh, but if Casey Thompson hangs around, who, who he started 10 of the 12 games this year, I don't see him being scared of Quinn Ewers. And, and Steve Sarkeesian, one thing I will give him credit for, is he took great care in the quarterback competition this year with Thompson and Carr. He played them both early. Obviously, Carr won the job out of camp, but he, he switched uh, pretty quickly after two games to Thompson. I could see a scenario that's similar where Ewers and Thompson compete all offseason. Thompson wins the job, but maybe Ewers get some playing time uh, late in games and, and get some uh, time early on in the season. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's a shoe in that he starts. Let's remember, he technically should be a senior right now, and this should be his true freshman season that he's entering, not his second season on, on a college campus because he reclassified in August. So I think he's still got a ways to go, and, and certainly you're going to want to see him develop and see – the raw talent is absolutely there, but the question is, is he ready to play at that level? 
Yeah, I mean, he got all that seasoning though at Ohio State, so he may be <laughs> he may be ready to go, Sam. <laughs> Talking to Sam Kahn, uh from uh, from the Athletic, and uh, Sam, um, this is uh, there's a lot of fascinating stuff in the portal going on. Uh, Baylor as they get ready for the Sugar Bowl. I mean, I do you um, do you get a sense? Uh, this is going to be interesting because Shapin played so well, but Gary Bohannon. Pr- probably will be ready to go you think he'll be a a full go uh do you do you have a sense of I mean that's an interesting situation it becomes you got this great young quarterback and then you got your veteran who probably is healthy do you think Baylor just handles that by putting Bohannon right back in there as a starter I would assume so but you you never really know and and obviously that's up to Jeff Grimes and how he feels uh how how just what kind of health status Gary is like is, is he 100% does he have any restrictions when he runs on that hamstring because Gary's running ability is such a big part of of the offense when Grimes is in there he was real strategic about using him on third down or in the red zone to, to move the chains and uh, I, I think assume, assuming that he's 100% yeah I would think Gary is still the guy uh, I mean Blake Blake I thought played well he was fantastic the couple games that he had to start and I, I was really impressed that when he had to come in uh, midway through, I think it was a Kansas State game, it didn't seem like, to me, the offense missed a beat. And and I thought he was impressive with the way he threw the ball down the field. But And I guess I wouldn't be shocked if they both played. But I think Bohannon would probably be the starter if he's 100% ready to go. But I think the, the interesting thing to follow will be what happens in this offseason and are, are they both going to be back uh, and how is that going to be handled throughout spring. I think that's going to be the close thing to watch. And, of course, you've got – Kyron Drones as well, the really super talented freshman who I know they're really high on as well. All right. Well, our resident tech expert, um, as they as they call him, uh, Sam Kahn, uh, joining us. And, uh, Sam, your final uh, – I guess you'll do one more final rankings after after bowl season. But um, that's uh, that's interesting. If, if Baylor played Texas A&M right now, um, and I know both both teams, especially Calzada leaving A and M, might have a question in this bowl game. But would you would would you put that thing close, or would you have Baylor favored by two or three? I, I don't know. This thing just popped into my head, especially since you kind of rank all these teams on a weekly basis. Would would Baylor be favored against Texas A and M on a neutral field, or would this be a pick'em situation? I think, by, I think that I'd probably have him a two or three point favorite, just because A and M was beat up at the end of the season uh, physically. They, they obviously, what you know, I, and I'm, I'm saying that assuming that Calzada is not on the portal, assuming that he was the starter, they they were just a little inconsistent down the stretch. And they're a super talented team with a deep defense, but I just think that uh, that Baylor was playing at a little bit higher level down the stretch. And and even with Shapin uh, at quarterback, I, I think I would give them. I wouldn't make them the slight favorite, but AM's defense is so good that that keeps them in just about any ball game. So I think it would be something very similar uh, in terms of score to what you saw with Oklahoma State and Baylor, something in the 20s, low 20s, uh, something of that sort. I think it would be a very knockdown, drag out physical game between those two. All right, that's that's going to be your next column where you just make up random bowl matchups that aren't happening and and uh, and, and discuss each one. Hope you get to uh, make it to New Orleans. Do you, are you going to be able to uh, work us into your New Year's plans? 
Absolutely. I will be, I will be at the sugar bowl. I uh, got to finalize the day that I'm getting there, but I am definitely going to be in New Orleans enjoying that one. Okay. All right. We might get out and see if we can uh, find, uh, find some uh, decent seafood uh, around the French quarter. And uh, that'll be, a, that'll be a good time. Sam, I appreciate it and uh, look forward to talking to you soon. No problem. Thanks for having me as always. Sam Kahn Jr. from uh, The Athletic doing his thing out there. And, uh, man, that is uh, that, that, that Texas A&M thing, there's a lot to be excited about if you're an Aggies fan. I mean, you've lost four games. I find it interesting that if you win one game now, I mean, I guess it used to be that way with kind of like Baylor back in the day. If you beat Texas, it could kind of make your season – certainly doesn't feel that way anymore but with A&M I mean they were from a from a record standpoint they severely underperformed but no for most for the most part I would say 75% of the Aggies are fine with this season because they beat A&M now there's some there's some folks who think "Eh, come on now Jimbo you were supposed to be better than this but the great thing about Jimbo in this recruiting is Right after each season, they can flip the script. And the exci- there's so much excitement about these recruiting classes that nobody's worried about them losing four games. Everybody says, well, they beat Alabama, and they got the number one recruiting class in the country. And that's already that's all anybody worries about. And uh, this Wegman will be interesting to watch. Connor Wegman, Haynes King will be back, and we'll see where the Aggies end up. For Baylor, by the way, Kyron Drones is that other quarterback. We don't talk about that often, but was in that 2021 class, and um, he's somebody to think about, you know, in the future. But right now, boy, Shapin looks like the future, and we'll see if Gary Bohannon can hold him off. It's the Matt Mosley Show. Campus Confidential is coming up next. Your home for Baylor football is ESPN Central Texas and the 87th Annual All-State Sugar Bowl. Hi, this is Tom Barfield. Join Lark Smith, Matt Mosley, and me for Game Day Live, live from New Orleans on January 1st. Game Day Live is presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni. We'll preview the game, have interviews, and, of course, scores from across the nation. Don't miss Game Day Live, presented by the Office of Baylor Alumni, live from New Orleans on January 1st and here on ESPN Central Texas. I'm Joe Kaleo with Kaleo Wealth Management. I love what I do. Every day I have the chance to help people chart a path toward their financial goals and pursue their dreams. We build relationships with each client and enjoy seeing how they appreciate there's someone working just as hard as they are to help meet their objectives. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bare spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 The Cowboy Report, weekdays at 8.10 a.m. and 5.10 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Well, it's that time again, the most wonderful time of the year. And just like most of us, the Foundation Doctors thinking about home and family. Hey, Dad. 
Hi, Jay. What you working on? I'm building a gingerbread house. That's cool. Why's the door so crooked? And why is your chimney leaning like that? I guess my house needs the foundation, Doctor. <laughs> You're such a goofy kid. Is your house starting to look like a Pinterest project gone wrong? Are you worried about the jolly old fat man making it down your crooked chimney? Then you need to call the doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give us a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. From all of us at the Foundation Doctor, we wish you the merriest of Christmases and a very blessed New Year. The Foundation Doctors, just like old Santa Claus, just like old Santa, we make house calls. Since 2009, Dr. Philip Myatt in Waco Heart and Vascular has specialized in the treatment of diseases and disorders that affect the heart and its associated blood vessels. The doctors and staff at Waco Heart and Vascular are committed to giving Central Texans quality care in a timely and compassionate manner, treating patients the same way they would treat a member of their own family. They carefully explain treatment options to patients so they understand and trust the prescribed course of care. They come to you in your hometown so you can see them locally. Waco Heart and Vascular, 254-235-WEST. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley alongside Aaron Sexton. Lots going on in college football, college athletics, college basketball. We do it all here in Campus Confidential. You hear that music. That's that... Uh, that's that kind of game day live type music from uh, from uh, ESPN. Uh, Aaron Sexton, what is on your mind today? Former Baylor and Utah starting quarterback Charlie Brewer will continue his football career at Liberty University, according to multiple reports. Brewer, in his first season with the Utes this year, left the program after just a couple of games after Cameron Rising surpassed him on the depth charts as the Utes starter. Brewer... Uh, Finished his career at brief career at Utah with three starts. Uh, that came after, of course, four years at Baylor, where he was emerged as the team starter midway through his true freshman season in 2017 and quarterbacked the Bears to the Big 12 championship game and a Sugar Bowl appearance during the 2019 season. Brewer out of Austin Tra Lake Travis High School yeah. as a three-star prospect and a top 50 pro-style quarterback in the 2017 recruiting say it, class. Say it again for everybody where he's headed. He is going to Liberty. Oh, my goodness. Hugh Freeze, Charlie Brewer, let's ride. Uh, former Baylor athletic director Ian McCall is right there in uh, uh, at Liberty, and uh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. Now, Liberty has a quarterback this year and one of those big games he, he kind of flatlined but he's going to be in the draft and and I he he might go in the first couple of rounds but he's uh, he's been a uh, pretty big time player but that is an interesting landing spot or a reminder that Jacob Zeno has ended up in uh, uh, he's going to be at UAB and now Charlie ends up with Liberty all right, good stuff there. I think uh, I think that is, is of great interest to our audience. Okay, what else do you have? Uh, just real quickly, the uh, quarterback for Liberty this year, Malik Willis, and he's mm -hmm. expected to be probably, uh, if not a first-round pick, then a second-round pick this year in the draft. And uh, Charlie Brewer will be competing 
with former Tennessee Vol Caden Salter, who was a top 2021 recruit and dismissed from Tennessee this spring and joined Liberty over the summer. So good luck to Charlie Brewer as he uh, finishes his football career at Liberty next year. Guess where that Salter played high school football? It would have been for Cedar Hill. Hmm. And at one point, we kind of thought maybe Joey McGuire might be landing him. The uh, the Bears ended up in that class. They signed uh, Kyron Drones. Salter went to that same Elite 11 camp and was a, uh, you know, I think he was a four-star quarterback. And he goes out to Tennessee and just gets in some kind of trouble. I mean, just. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but just I read it and thought, oh, my gosh, you can't have – I mean, you really can't have anybody doing it, but you can't really have your quarterback, you know, out getting involved in this kind of mess. But uh, Liberty is uh, – well, they believe in grace, especially when you're a great – when you're a great athlete. <laughs> Forgiveness. And uh, even though he was tarnished from being a part of the Baylor scandal – that is where Ian McCall landed, and that is where our friend Hugh Freeze, who um, uh, had a very public uh, uh, situation where he had had an affair and uh, had kind of a, what do they call those numbers, 1-900 or whatever, may have, uh, may have been connected to an escort service. And uh, I don't know. It's very interesting, uh, uh, Aaron, how some of those folks end up at Liberty. And, of course, the, the face of Liberty – uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. is no longer there because of a uh, scandal that he was involved with. It might have, it might have uh, involved the pool boy. But, Aaron, I'm not going to go too far down that path since you get very uncomfortable when I tell those stories. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that third they, they kind of uh, – he was accused of uh, kind of watching some activities, in, including his uh, wife, um, and, and the pool boy got involved. All right, Aaron, back to you. South Carolina football coach Shane Beamer <laughs> leaned on his Oklahoma connections, gained a couple of commitments from a pair of former Sooners, including quarterback Spencer Rattler, the number one recruit ranked recruit in the 2019 class. He also uh, got a uh, commitment from tight end Austin Stonger, who was a uh, top 100. Stogner. Stogner, excuse me, yeah. who was a top 100 recruit in the 2019 class as well, according to ESPN. So a couple of top 100 recruit for recruits from that class who are transferring from Oklahoma after they lost their head coach are heading to South Carolina. The Gamecocks, 6-6 six and six this season, uh, had a rough season as far as injuries, had to use three different quarterbacks, including former graduate assistant turned player Zeb Noland. <laughs> it's not good when you got to suit up a coach. <laughs> no, not, not only do you have to suit him up, he becomes like the starter. Um, I, that's kind of a nothing program. You know, they'll have their moments. You think about that. Who is it? You remember that defensive end they had that was so incredible a few years ago? Jadavian Clowney, yeah. Yeah, Clowney. And they had the the running back who got hurt years ago. That was such a great player. I, it's just it's just not much. It's kind of a middling program. Obviously, the guy they hired from Florida that got fired at Florida didn't get the thing going. The guy always gets hired, and uh, and maybe Beamer can get it going. But the only time I found that school or that program slightly interesting 
was when Spurrier was on staff there. Now, I think Lou Holtz ended up on staff there at one point, so they've certainly hired some interesting coaches. And I always love the way Spurrier talked. You remember, you remember what he said that one time about uh, about Sumlin? He, he, uh, they, they said, what do you think about Coach Sumlin, what he's doing at, uh, at, uh, at A&M? Coach and Spurrier said, well, I think he's a, I think he's a good negotiator. <laughs> that was always one of my favorites. <laughs> but he was very funny, and so I kind of liked South Carolina when uh, he was there. And obviously his greatness occurred when he was the head coach of the Florida Gators, and he played there many years ago and won a Heisman when he was at Florida. All right, Aaron, what else do we have? Texas A&M running back Isaiah Spiller announced today that he will forego his senior season and enter the NFL draft. ESPN's Mel Kuyper has him as the third best running back coming out this year. Spiller was second-team All-SEC selection, ran for 1,011 yards and six touchdowns on 179 carries a season. The Aggies featured two backs, sophomore Devin Chain also rushing for almost 1,000 yards, 910 yards and nine touchdowns on 130 carries. He will be back next year. Texas A&M went 8-4 and four during the regular season. They play Wake Forest in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl December 31st. Now Wake, for a lot of this year, was on a great pace. And, uh, you know, it kind of feel like they dropped a couple of games late. Now, obviously, the, the title game. But I, that's that's a good matchup right there, and uh, I, I like uh, uh, Wake had a tr- had a really good uh, quarterback, and they got a great coach. So that, to me, that's a, this is kind of an uh, interesting matchup because that Clawson's a flat out he can coach, and then Jimbo can recruit and coach. I mean, he won a won a national title, and uh, and obviously uh, at Florida State, and then he also uh, beat Alabama. Uh, and uh, became the the first ever former Saban assistant to beat Saban. It's still amazing to me. I mean, I although wait, I always forget the first. I guess that's right. I, I was trying to remember where Dabo was, but I guess Dabo. I guess Dabo was. I was trying to think about Dabo's career because he played at Alabama, but I don't guess he coached under Saban. But uh, but yeah, that was that's a wild stat. I mean he's like thirty nine and one now and Jimbo beat them. Um, Aaron, do you feel like uh, do you feel like that uh, Texas A and M is I mean how how do you think we should couch their season? Because I get it. I understand why people are fine with Jimbo. They're recruiting like crazy. And he beat Alabama. But when you look at the – and he got a quarterback hurt, although the the, the backup quarterback uh, beat Alabama. Like, is it – are those fans disappointed, or do you think they're just kind of like, ah, you know, it was kind of a fun season. We beat Alabama. We're fine. Because that, that guy makes an unbelievable amount of money, although I think what's good for him is he's kind of been joined now by Brian Kelly at LSU – um, I mean, Venables is getting a ton of money. Uh, all these other coaches where there's been movement, the the, uh, the uh, coach uh, uh, Lincoln at USC, in a sense, Jimbo's not, you know, uh, everybody understands Saban and even Dabo getting all that money because, quite honestly, they've earned it. I mean, they, they've been great for, year, see, you know, season after season. Like, this was a huge 
anomaly um, for uh, for Dabo not to be good this year. But I think people hang that in front of um, Jimbo. How would you, do you when you think of A&M season, Aaron? Are you just kind of like, eh, okay, like kind of meh? What is what is your what would you be your wrap up of the A and M season? Yeah, I mean, I I've got Aggie friends who aren't disappointed, which I would be coming off a one loss season where they almost made the playoffs. But I think for them, they can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel with this recruiting class. I think if they lose four games two years from now, then you may hear some uh, you know <laughs> some yeah. rumblings because that'll be the second year for this this recruiting class that they're going to sign starting tomorrow and it's going to be if it's not the top recruiting class in the country it'll be in the top three with uh alabama and and georgia uh but it's uh, to me it's a really disappointing season for them i know that they did lose their quarterback but you know they're eight and four and that's pretty much where they've been except for last year and uh one season with uh manziel when he won the heisman that's where they've been since they've gotten the sec you know, my best friend is an Aggie, all right? But we all have things to overcome in life. <laughs> <laughs> but I put something up last night. You know, you can't – you kind of throw a change up every once in a while, right? I mean, I, I like poking UT with a sharp stick. But you can't just do it. Oh, you know, people would say I probably do it a little too much. So I think I said something somewhat encouraging about yours. I mean, I didn't say he was going to take over the world. But I, I actually just kind of said, I think he's walking into a really good situation. And their quarterback play's been bad. The team's down. They went 5-7. and seven. The, quarter, the, the coach desperately needs him. Like, I think he's walking in actually to a – I mean, maybe the expectations will be crazy. But I think it's going to be okay for him. And I said something somewhat positive about him in the program, the UT program. And my buddy got so mad at me. <laughs> And, and accused me of being a, quote, closet Longhorn fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Aggie friends, and uh, I've got some really close friends that are Aggies. And, uh, yeah, they're – I mean, it's it's a different – it's a different uh, – yeah, uh, yeah. It's different. It's, it's a different. different. Set I mean, of it folks. really is. I mean, these, these they need therapy. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I we all do, by the way. But no, the Aggies. I will say this. One of the things I always remind myself before making any joke about the Aggies, and again, we got a lot of Longhorns and everybody else, but A and M is like beyond strong in Waco and surrounding areas. A A and M is just is huge so i i try to give the aggies their due but i think i think a lot of our aggies would agree with me that hey that was a one great game this year but i think they expect maybe a little more out of jimbo but we shall see moving forward here all right aaron anything else we need to uh, add to campus confidential yeah just wanted to finish up with a couple of baylor football recruiting notes baylor uh, nuggets yeah, baylor nuggets okay uh, we talked about the early signing period starting tomorrow with sam con jr from the athletic uh today the bears got a commit a verbal commitment from Devonte tozino he's a 6'4 250 pound defensive lineman from colleen ellison and according to uh one of the uh longhorn recruiting sites the Bears are in the lead for the receiver 
Armani Winfield, who decommitted during the uh, Kansas fiasco. I don't know if you remember that. Or excuse me, no, uh-huh. it was it was a, he uh, decommitted during the Kansas State game. It was not the one okay. that was recorded live. But anyway, according <laughs> uh, according to Longhorns Wire, uh, four-star wide receiver Armani Winfield, the first player that Steve Sarkeesian Sarkeesian uh, landed once he took over as head coach of Texas, uh, supposedly Baylor in the league to get his commitment and sign him tomorrow. So some good recruiting news on the day before the early signing period starts for Baylor football. All right. All right. Now I'm getting a text, by the way, as you were saying that, that some other friends were listening to the show, and they're upset that I refer to somebody else as my best friend. (laughs) 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 Maybe I should say my best Aggie friend. Uh, uh, Although they had the wrong friend. They thought I was talking about another Aggie. But uh, anyway, um, it is uh, the Matt Mosley show. Um, come on, Daniel. Come on, have some thick skin. You're, you're, you're top three for sure. Uh, Matt Mosley show, ESPN Central Texas. We continue on uh, in, a, uh, in what's been a strong showing so far. Why, why do I feel worn out, Aaron? Is it because we've done two hours already? Yes. When we, we started got to three? the uh, okay. When we were doing, when, when you were interviewing Sam Kahn, yeah. I was like, all right, we're, oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. we're not near the end. We've got an hour and a half to go. So we're going to finish yeah. strong. Yeah. And I, for, I, by the way, I did three to six every day during the pandemic when there was no sport like when there were no games even during the pandemic i was filling three hours um i've tried to bring that up to tom before he doesn't seem that impressed (laughs) i thought i I just want to i kind of want tom to he didn't he never got a taste of that he came back when there were actual games all right it is the um it's matt mosley show uh aaron section alongside as always we begin the five o'clock hour with our weekly visit with Baylor women's coach Nikki Collins. Some really fun stuff in today's interview. That is next. Nikki Collins and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. Following some time off for finals, the Baylor women back in action on Sunday, December 19th in Connecticut against Michigan in the Hall of Fame Women's Showcase. Join Sophia Young-Malcolm and the voice of Baylor women's basketball, Derek Smith, all season long here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. This is the sound of someone taking a free test walk in personally fit arch supports at the Goodfeet store. It's music to our ears. Just listen to Deidre. I would tiptoe out of bed because the pain would shoot up my heels. When I went to the Good Feet store, they allowed me to try on the arch supports, and I started sobbing because I had no pain. Stop by the Good Feet store for a free fitting and test walk today. Your good life starts with Good Feet. Stop by today at the Good Feet store in Waco in the Central Texas Marketplace. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. 
Waco Tacos in downtown Waco and Union Hall introduces their new craveable taco of the month. The Nashville Hot Chicken Taco. Crispy fried chicken, Nashville hot sauce, cabbage slaw, and chipotle mayo on a fresh flour tortilla. It's spicy, savory, and delish. Hurry into Waco Tacos at Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue in downtown Waco or call us at 254-340-1700. Waco Tacos in downtown Waco. Payments for qualified buyers at 2.9% with 5000 down or cash or trade. TTNL Extra. See dealer for details. Get the quality pre-owned car you need now at a price you can afford at Richard Car. Find great deals like a 7-passenger 2016 GMC Acadia for $225 a month. A 2019 Ford F-150 for $438 a month. Plus, get top dollar for your trade now. Richard Car pre-owned vehicles go through a 172-point inspection, and our aggressive lenders say yes when others say no. Find your next car or truck at Richard Car today. At Richard Car, we give you more. Game time, weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. All right, I admit, before I started using Dawn Platinum, i do anything to avoid washing dishes. I even ate cereal in a paper cup. But now with Dawn Platinum, I've turned a corner. I'm an adult using real, actual dishes. Why? Because cleanup is so darn easy. Platinum is so powerful, it breaks down and removes up to 99% of tough grease and food residue faster. In just a couple of wipes, tough messes are gone. I'm done before I know it. Boom! Dawn Platinum makes cleanup so darn easy. Hey, Ray Maliazzi here. Have you ever cooked a really fine gourmet meal? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but I'm told it all comes down to the ingredients. And when I need ingredients to improve my car, the place I go is eBay Motors. Whether you roasted your last transmission, graded your current floor mats, or pureed your side view mirror on a lamppost, eBay Motors has the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. And by the way, if you recently fired up your grill, don't worry, eBay Motors has grills too. eBay Motors, let's ride. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram, Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is the Matt Mosley Show, and it is time for our weekly visit with Coach Nikki Collin. And, um, uh, Coach, it's been finals. you got this really cool showcase uh, coming up. But uh, I thought that was fun the other day. Um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, video and, and, and pictures of your time at the men's game against Villanova. And uh, the one that really stood out to me that was kind of neat was um, you getting to spend some time, I assume that was before the game, with um, with Dick Vitale, who was back, who's obviously been battling cancer. And, uh, uh, Nikki, I would say for, I, I know, I, I don't think you can ever overstate his impact on college basketball. What was that like to, to get to spend a little time with, uh, with, with uh, uh, Mr. Vitale? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I told him this story. I know he's met a million people and players and mm-hmm. coaches over the years and certainly um, would never expect him to remember an 18-year-old freshman at Purdue. But I, I told him the story when I when I sat down next to him. Um, his wife was with him, with him as well. Uh, they've been married, I think he said, 51 years. And and um, But he came to Purdue to call a big Monday game, which I don't even know if they do that anymore, but that used to be the game of the week. 
on ESPN. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, ironically, like growing up, I was a huge IU fan. Like I remember trying to sneak in to watch Bobby Knight's practice when they came in town. And um, we had a practice on, on that, that Monday. And so he came out onto the court at the end of our practice. And I was just finishing up and I was shooting free throws on my own. And he came out and started rebounding for me. And, um, you know, it's just a small thing, but something that Mm -hmm. I've remembered about him over the years. I just kind of told him that story. And, you know, I think there are people that have questioned, like, hey, is he the best analyst in the world as far as, like, what he thinks about a game or the X's and O's and all that? I think you could question all you want, like that, if if you really want to. But the beauty of Dick Vitale is just his passion. Like, there's there's never been any question that he loves the sport, that he loves, um, you know, he's, he's truly passionate about it. And it comes across that way. So, you know, you may be annoyed by it at times. I think there are people that love the way he is and people that are like, wow, he's like kind of loud and obnoxious. But the beauty of it is just, I think it's true to him. It's his passion. Like certainly, you know, when you, when you make it in that business, you know, you maybe need to build a persona and, and that, that's always been his, but I, I think he's lived it. You know, I think he, he shows how passionate he is about these 18 to 22 year olds year in and year out. And as much as, you know, broadcasters have crossed over from college to the pros. It's like he has just stayed true um, to kind of be in that that college men's basketball analyst. So it was really cool, um, personally and professionally, um, to touch him. You know, I, I've been affected very closely. I lost my sister to cancer seven years ago, a three-month battle with cancer. And so, you know, any way I can can help, um, you know, I, I, I know it's I know it's real. I know it affects everybody. And you know, in talking to him, I know he was having to deal with chemo and all that was bad, but I think he, he called four games uh, that week. And so he was just saying like, he's got some laryngitis, you know? So he was almost more concerned about talking loudly um, than, than dealing with cancer. Yeah. His voice was not quite, uh, was not quite there, especially late in the game, but, uh, but it almost to me puts an emphasis on what he's battling and what he's, what he's trying to fight. And, uh, and that's uh uh, yeah, you having talked publicly about a very personal thing that you had to go through in your family, uh, I just think you never know who that impacts, and everybody has to handle those things differently, but uh, you know, or whatever works for them. But um, I think uh, I, I'm sure that was quite a quite an experience. Uh, talking to Nikki Collin, Baylor women's uh, basketball coach. Now, the uh, you were going to get in, you were going to be in the bear pit, and then at some point, I see you. You're like um, it, it, kind of leading the band. I mean, you're you're up there in the middle of things. I mean, this was a, this is what we in the Baptist world call sort of a full immersion. You did not. This was not getting sprinkled. You were baptized into the uh, into the Baylor fandom. What was uh, what was all that like? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's all in, right? I mean, I think that um, you know when I first posted earlier in the week um, about being in the bear pit, and I asked for suggestions and um, really to you know drum up like this idea of, of not just a tweet that people like or retweet, but that they, they comment on, um, you know? And so one of the things that came up was, Hey coach, would you like to, you know, uh, leave the word up here? And I'm like, all right, if you, if, if you tell me what that is, like I'm in, <laughs> I have to tell you, it was super funny. Cause I, I said, you know, do I need practice? Is it something? Oh no, you just, you just conduct, you just basically fake conduct the band. I mean, they certainly know their notes and, and all of that. And I said, okay, so, um, as I'm, I'm walking with Amber with, with our marketing and pain engagement group over to the band, she's like, now don't, don't be afraid to dance. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what? Like, I thought I was like, hey, hey conducting, where, where's the dancing come in? Like, I, I know my strengths and weaknesses. And 
that would never fall in the strength category. And and then you realize when you get up there, like, man, this isn't like a 30-second stall. Like, this is the entire media. Like, all the times as a coach, you thought, man, that, that timeout went by really quickly. Can I tell you that, that as much fun as I was having, that might have been the longest timeout um, of my adult life because – as much as I'm super outgoing and like to have a good time and was having fun, I got to tell you, like, I ran out of dance moves and ideas, like, easily 45 seconds in. So, from that point on, it was like, I think I probably sweat more during that stretch than, I, than I've done coaching any game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I, I saw a little bit of a video, and uh, I'll say this, it was, it, you were not like Elaine and Seinfeld. There were no, like, sort of wild no, guy. Right, yeah, there, you, you. Yeah. You appeared to have some rhythm, and so I, I wouldn't worry. Because if you didn't, you know, if, if you make any moves that were a little false, uh, I think Nalissa and, and your players, I don't think they would resist calling you out um, oh, for, absolutely. for that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> they might. Uh, they might. Uh. Now, you know what I would – did you – were you able to maybe say to some of the bear pit, like I was sitting here looking at your schedule, that first conference game – you uh the first home game conference game uh the uh, frogs come in on january 5th and i'm trying to think when the when the students get back i don't know if that's a good one or not now the longhorns come in january 9th but i i feel like it would be good to uh to make sure those folks who had so much fun with you show up to support you at one of those one of those at some of those conference games and uh yeah, i uh sure. I mean, yeah you know, that's been one of my goals since I got here is to find a way to engage the students. I think it's it's pretty common if you look across at college women's basketball, even at schools that draw incredibly well, um, the student section is, is underrepresented. And it's kind of the idea that I feel like I feel like 18 to 22 year olds do what they think is cool, you know, um, and if going to the men's basketball game is cool. Um, that's what they do, even if they're not true basketball fans. Um, because, you know, I mean, look, I've gone through the student union. I've talked to people. I always ask them, like, do you like women's basketball? And no one said no yet. <laughs> you know, so I've joked with them, like, hey, good answer. <laughs> um, there's, there's probably there's probably a bunch that, you know, really aren't even sports fans necessarily. But a lot yeah. of times you do what your friends are doing. You do what, what, what's popular and cool. And so trying to make, trying to make women's basketball cool, you know, like the experience fun for them and find ways to engage them, whether it's a hundred dollar gift card at the end of the game for anyone who stays the full game, like just trying to be creative in that approach, because I feel like students just, they can drive energy. They're young. They don't care. Like they know how to have a good time. And so, um, you know, I just, I think they can be leaders in terms of like engaging all of our fans um, in that setting. So hopefully, you know, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep finding ways. I'm gonna keep yeah. pushing. Um, you know, but but it was fun. It was a great experience, and and I was so happy for Scott and the men's basketball staff. I mean, it was it was a dominating performance, and you know, to be so close to to Jay Wright in their huddle, um, you know, like I, I could feel his pain a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I was joking, uh, and I felt bad and deleted my tweet. But I was thinking, you know, his. Those gorgeous Italian suits he used to wear. I mean, oh. I think those were kind of intimidating. And now he's going. Coaches have gotten a lot. And I, I think it was COVID. I don't exactly know why COVID caused NBA coaches and everybody to go more casual. But it's fine. I'm not against it. But it's just funny because I think Jay Wright should always be in a suit. One of those, like, beautiful blue suits. And, or a, yeah, or a dark. Or, yeah. Think of, think of him that way, and yeah. especially because he's, he's getting a little more silvery, you know, on top. So, you know, it'll kind of stand out rather than that that baby blue. Um, 
that is wearing for the game. I can tell you why. Um, you know, being in the W and yeah. and understanding NBA and why people went more casual, a lot of it was um, it, people think it was because at first, like, they were limiting fans. You know, it's like, yeah. well, people still see you on TV. So that wasn't uh-huh. it. You weren't allowed to use locker rooms. You weren't allowed to shower. And so many of uh-huh. so many. It's kind of different on the, especially on the the pro side. Like coaches are super engaged in pregame, um, like out there sweating with the guys, out there sweating with the girls. Like, and so if you don't have the ability to go shower to put your suit on, it's like, ugh. Like it's a little easier to like kind of say, all right, we're gonna we're gonna, and I, and I think so. Part of it was that, you know, I think it started that way. Like even when we were in the bubble, you know, and we were all um, tested daily and all of that. We still, you know, every player, every coach, you had to shower only in your hotel room, only in your apartment, that type uh, of thing. So that's kind of why it started. And then I think it kind of just people went, wow, this is really nice. Like, <laughs> it's easier to it's easier to travel and not travel with suits and dresses and heels and all of that. And, you know, I mean, you just kind of always look at a little bit of how the sport has played out over time. It's like, why do baseball coaches wear uniforms? It's not like they're going to check in the game, <laughs> you know? And so... You know, there's just this weird dynamic among sports that certain sports have been more casual. Basketball has always been dressed to the nines, you know, and and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason for all of those. But, you know, like, can you imagine if a women's basketball coach was wearing a uniform on the side? And we don't think of it being weird when we see a baseball coach, you know, with with a uniform, like full on yeah. uniform on the side. I know. I know. It's just like how we've been brought up. But uh, it's funny, different coaches. Scott Drew and I are a little bit alike in that, especially his early days, we both kind of look like we're in our dad suits. <laughs> Scott's kind of, yeah. Scott, Scott's now a little more custom. I don't know if he's got cut. I don't know. But uh, now he's got a little more casual look, which is fine. Now, Jacus looks, you know, he could pull that thing off because he just kind of has a, oh, he's yeah. had all that yeah, time in Europe. Pants yeah. On. Yeah, everything's fitted perfect. Yeah, he's, he's super tailored. Like, even in the sports, Casper, he's super tailored. <laughs> he's very tailored. That's something I will never be. Talking to uh, Nikki Coughlin, the Baylor women's basketball coach. All right, we do have to talk one little bit of actual basketball coming up. I'm kind of excited. Um, obviously, conference right after the Sugar Bowl, we'll all get back, and conference gets going. That's going to be a lot of fun. But this Michigan-Baylor matchup, we talked a little bit about it last week. But I'm just kind of curious – as you get closer and y'all get back to practicing tomorrow, like how much are you like breaking down Michigan and, and then how much are you as a coaching staff already sort of getting ready for conference? How do you kind of divide that? And, and what are you hoping to, what are you hoping to see? I, I know there's certain players on the team that are sort of evolving and you've had to have a, a talk or two with Queen Egbo. What, what are you really hoping to gain out of this uh, out of this game against Michigan because that's a that's a good team you're about to face on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's a, it's an opportunity. I mean, we should look at every game as an opportunity, but obviously this is more of a statement opportunity. Um, you know, we we lost at Maryland on the road. This is um, as as much as we were happy to come away with a win against Missouri. Missouri's not ranked, um, so this is this is an opportunity. This is a resume builder. This is. Um, you know, and, and, and when you ask the question, like, how do we, how do we break down whether we're, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily look at anything as we're preparing for conference. I think it's the idea of right now, what are we doing? It's a combination of, of cleaning up the things that we've done that we haven't been able to clean up because we've just gone from game to game to game. And um, so what do we have in, what are we, what are we good at that we have to meet, be a little bit better at, you know, what do we have to tweak? And then 
ultimately, what do we have to add so that our playbook grows a little bit by the time conference starts? And then, you know, how do we even tweak that by the time you play teams a second time around? Um, when it comes to Michigan, you know, because we've been off, off in, in a way from, from game prep since Alcorn, you know, we, we spent three days in a row, like not really doing anything Michigan-driven, um, really focused on us, um, a lot of fundamental stuff, getting back to ball handling, passing, um, spread situations, driving, when to kick, when to drop, you know, getting to our spots, things like that. So truly, you know, dialing it back, back to the fundamentals that are going to happen in the course of a play, um, a freelance situation, you know, all of those things, you know, in a game. Um, but but as we get back tomorrow, we'll be we'll be a little bit more Michigan focused. What we've talked about Michigan so far is relative to, hey, this is a team that's really going to be aggressive against our ball screen. They play all man. Um, they're going to jump our ball screens. Like guards, we're going to have to handle it. Posts, we're going to have to separate. Sometimes we're going to have to blur the screen. Sometimes we're going to have to flip the screen. Like just getting them because we haven't had anybody do that. So as much as it's Michigan driven, it's also like, hey, this is what we have to do against hard hedges. And so let's work generally not a specific play not a specific but but handling that and then you know just understanding that this is a game that's about post defense and that post defense isn't just driven by the post defending the right way it's about do we have great ball pressure are we in the gap do we know when we can dig do we know you know those type of things so it, it once again it's, it's fundamentally driven but obviously Naz Hillman one of the best low post players in the country um, super efficient on the low block. So our ability to like kind of understand, you know, the, the, the grand scheme of here's, here's what our post defense can and should look like. All right. I like you already uh, have, uh, have uh, uh, figured out that sometimes I can ask like three questions at once. So I like how you just kind of pick, you're like, uh, okay, I'm going to answer this one thing you brought up and now I'm going <laughs> to hit another thing. So it's uh, I don't know, maybe I could say it's efficient, but it's not really. Uh, but, but I appreciate you hitting all of those things, and it's uh, it, it'll be fun. I I, um, I, I think uh, the other day was a lot of fun to see you involved. I bet your players really enjoyed seeing that as well. And I think that's a cool thing about the two programs pulling for each other. I see Nalissa sometimes. Now, Nalissa on social media, you never know, because she, she can fire off something a little controversial. But I, I do think it's fun. Um, and I get it, man. Sometimes, sometimes uh, there's a lot of pride involved. And if, like, too much is being made about one national championship in the program that has three <laughs> you know, they'll fire something off, and I kind of like that about them. Or somebody puts think, up a graphic. There's nothing <laughs> left behind. I think I think the yeah. beauty of our team is, like I've also seen her say, you know, like they're going to get get another one, or they could have gotten potentially three in a row. Um, so, you oh, know, I kind saw of that. Yeah. The fact, absolutely. These guys, these guys are good. Um, but, hey, don't forget about us. I know that the nature of um, <laughs> sports media in general, like it's, it's – I'm not speaking of you guys. But, like, the idea of it's so easy to combine football and basketball um, or, you know, and, and, and we know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty realistic about the fact that um, those are the most popular sports on TV. They're most most popular sports in America when it comes to collegiately. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot is put on, on those two sports. But I think sometimes that's the nature of, you know, this generation to say, hey, but wait, you know, I mean – we're pretty good too. And let's, let's throw in volleyball. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to make it about dominance, like let's, let's really talk about the sports that can oftentimes define an athletic department. And I'm sure that's hard sometimes for the soccers and the A&Ts and teams like that, that are just dominating the world at times. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like who, who gets the most publicity and then, 
you know, as females, we're always fighting for our, our little piece. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that's special about Baylor is women's basketball is rarely forgotten here, you know. And, and so um, I think these guys are, quite frankly, used to, um, you know, people, the microscope and people paying attention. And, and I can tell you, like, part of, you know, Melissa going to the next level is going to be she's going to be shocked at how amazingly her platform is bigger at Baylor than it will be mm-hmm. um, potentially even as the number one pick, you know, like it's just um, people care about Baylor because they care about college women's basketball, because they care about the university, because they care about the athletic department. And so there's a lot of people paying attention and then all, and all of a sudden you're in a pro basketball niche on the women's side, you know, your fan base changes. You don't have any alumni, you know, you don't have the people still paying attention to what's going on at their school. And so, um, you know, it's a big change. It's a huge change. I think for for women's yeah. basketball players going from college to the pros because they have these these amazing dreams for what it's going to be and look like and then they're like whoa like doesn't it you know we suddenly don't have Nike elite <laughs> gear just have Nike gear you know we, yeah yeah well the pay so. the paychecks are a little better um, although the NIL now allows you to do some things in in uh, college but uh, well I tell you one of the in one of the upcoming episodes uh, or our uh, or your weekly visit talking to Nikki Collin we'll hit on uh, when you're allowed to kind of uh, break down uh, this uh, recruiting because that's been that's been exciting to see I don't want to I don't want to pass over that because uh, you get in late and you know you're, you you got to have a whole new cycle, new coach. You kind of have to revisit maybe other people that have been talked to over the years, uh, and and you're already got a top ten ranked recruiting class. So know that we have not uh, missed that. And uh, and and to your point about the women's program, this is my little uh, rant. Um, when when all the scandals and sadly there's been a few uh, at Baylor, um, the, the the women's basketball was the one constant, and uh, and that's why we have to continue. To embrace and and, uh, and and hold that up as one of the greatest things we have to offer at our university because of what the what the program has done uh, at a time when so many negative things were said and I know uh, I know you're you you get reminded every day of the the history and all those kinds of things but anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's my little my little rant but uh, Nikki always fun really appreciate it um, and uh, and good luck at this uh, this is gonna be a really fun at Mohegan. Uh, I got I got to see that venue at some point, but uh, uh, good luck. This one will be on national TV, and this will be exciting. So, uh, best of luck this uh, this Sunday. Thank you so much. All right, there she goes, Nikki Collin, and uh, we have uh, next Jerry Jones admitting that uh, this quarterback might be in a bit of a slump. That is next. Doctor Rao Ali has been helping Central Texans at Hill Regional Hospital in Hillsboro. With necks, backs, arms, and really any part of the body that aches, call Dr. Rao Ali, 469-562-4188. Now time for a Cowboys update. Hi, everyone. With today's Cowboys report, I'm Christy Scales. A struggling offense will be without a perennial Pro Bowl player due to injury. Details after this. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. What does it mean to be a part of Cowboys Nation? 
At Reliant, it means powering the home of the Dallas Cowboys and homes of Cowboys fans across Texas and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family, and it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Dallas Cowboys. PUCT number 10007. The Cowboys won by seven points in Washington on Sunday, but the offense continues to struggle and didn't have its starting offensive tackles to end the game. Left tackle Tyron Smith suffered an ankle injury, and he'll miss the upcoming game. Meanwhile, right tackle Lyle Collins was ejected from Sunday's game for fighting, and the team is waiting to hear if he'll be suspended by the league. Terrence Steele and or Ty Inseki may have to step in for Collins, and offensive coordinator Kellen Moore says it's wait and see regarding how long Tyron Smith will be out with with the bad ankle. Whenever he's ready, let's rock and roll. And Terrence, Ty, they, they've done a nice job when they've been presented that opportunity. Wide receiver Cedric Wilson was added to the COVID list yesterday. Players are off today, but coaches are finalizing the game plan for Sunday's divisional matchup at the Giants. With the boys at the Star, I'm Christy Scales. If you suffer from chronic pain, whether it's neck or back, arthritis, migraines, or any part of your body, it doesn't have to be that way. Dr. Rao Ali is a board-certified pain specialist that offers his services to Central Texans from Hill Regional Hospital in Hillsboro. He can find the best treatment to help you improve daily function and increase your quality of life. Call Dr. Rao Ali for an appointment, 469-562-4188. That number again, 469-562-4188. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. The perfect gift for that special someone on your Christmas list can be found at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They are your one stop for rustic furniture for both home and office, saddles for adults and children, gold and silver jewelry, cowhides for area rugs and decorations, and guns from brand names Smith & Wesson, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Merry Christmas from Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Camille Johnson Realtors congratulates the Big 12 Conference football champion Baylor Bears. Camille is a proud Baylor University graduate and is a longtime supporter of her community and all the Baylor Bear athletic programs. For over 36 years, Camille has been in the real estate world, and she started her own company, Camille Johnson Realtors, six years ago. Her group of 29 real estate agents are all successful, smart, and experienced, and they have helped hundreds of satisfied Central Texas buyers and sellers. Learn more at CamilleJohnson.com and go Bears! This weather update is brought to you by the Nitsche Group. Since 1949, Texans have secured their insurance needs through the Nitsche Group. Learn more at thenitschegroup.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. The very warm temperatures as well as the cloud cover continues here in Central Texas. We'll see steady temperatures this evening and overnight with mostly cloudy skies. Temperatures holding on to 69 degrees. It'll be mostly cloudy tomorrow, a breezy day, a high of 79. And on Thursday, mostly cloudy skies with a 30% chance of a little rain and a high of 78. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes changes in the weather. ESPN Radio Sports Center. 
I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Mike McCarthy has already ruled out Tyron Smith for Sunday's game versus the Giants. Jared Jones said he expects to see Terrence Steele starting at left tackle and Lyle Collins starting at right tackle on Sunday. An unusual high number of positive COVID-19 tests on Monday has the NFL and NFL Players Association considering further changes to the league's coronavirus protocols as the regular season enters its final four weeks. The league had 37 positive COVID-19 tests on Monday. Former OU quarterback Spencer Rattler is headed to South Carolina. Baylor, as expected, is the new number one in college basketball. The Bears are the fourth team to be number one in four weeks. Two Big 12 games tonight, Arkansas State at number 25, Texas Tech, and Arkansas Pine Bluff is at number 17, Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Brad Sham and uh, that scoop and score by Dorrance Armstrong after Micah Parsons made the sack. And uh, that's on the uh, flagship station 105.3 of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. And um, boy, lots going on today. And we've hit it all. And I appreciate um, always fun to talk to Nikki Collin. What a cool thing that was. Uh, ESPN, by the way, we were talking to her about Dick Vitale and and uh, he, he rebounded for her all those years ago, and she was a freshman player at, I believe, was that Marquette, where she was playing at the time. And, um, and that's pretty neat. That's a really uh, cool story. And um, I did reach out to ESPN about having uh, Dick Vitale on, and they said that his, and you heard it at the end of the, uh, that broadcast, his voice was just shot. And he's having some treatments this week that have to do with get blood work and everything that, with his chemotherapy. So they said he's got to spend a few days get, trying to get his voice back. But appreciated them. They, they immediately got back to us. And uh, it's just – and you, you certainly can understand that um, with, uh, with Dick Vitale. But uh, that was really neat. Great job by the Baylor family. Um, everybody who was part of that honored him, Mac, and everybody else. Uh, Scott Drew, and they, they even welcomed him into the post game. It looked like from the video I saw, and the, the team was celebrating him and going crazy. So, um, just you know, Scott knows how to do things like that. And um, uh, while the uh, players are in finals and everything, Scott's been out on the uh, the road recruiting. And um, I tell you, man, I, I've been I've been really kind of monitoring who they're after. These last couple of recruiting classes have been so good. And as we talked about Nikki Collin, to get a late start like she did and then still land a top 10 recruiting class is pretty, pretty special. I mean, I, you know, obviously she's talking to some people. And I think what probably will resonate with some people in recruiting some players is the fact she's been a head coach in WNBA. That's where a lot of these players want to end up. So I think that will be helpful. I also thought that was interesting, Aaron, that, that part where she was kind of talking about how um, the the some of the people like Melissa Smith who might go number one overall, they don't 
totally realize that even the players that go like top five in the WNBA, that sometimes their platforms in college is every bit as big and probably bigger than it will ever be in the WNBA. That doesn't mean they don't go do it and enjoy making the money and all of that, but uh, I just thought that was an interesting peek into what I, I think we think of the NBA, and obviously that is the end-all, be-all. That's where you want to end up if you're, you know, fancy yourself as a great basketball player. With women's basketball still, you certainly want to be there, but there's a reason that Brittany Griner and even these top players are over playing in China or playing in different places in the off season because they don't make as much money. And you hope that continues to uh, the game gets better and better and all of that. But um, part of what the best entry point for women's sports um, as a whole. Now, of course, there's some things that happen, gymnastics during the Olympics, and there's some one-off type things, figure skating and all of that. But it really is either... I would say either women's basketball um, on TV and in all of that, or women's softball. I, I don't spend a lot of time watching it or talking about it, but ESPN has found that the ratings are really good with that. So I, I feel like um, I, th- I feel like it, our, our women's sports need to sort of build on those things. But one of the things that has become great about Baylor and what Kim built is a tremendous women's basketball program, and you need it. You need it. I'm sorry, uh, Aaron, I told you I was going to talk about Cowboys, and I launched into all this. Uh, all this. But we do, we do want to talk a little Cowboys with you. And the news today, you know, Cedric Wilson has gone into COVID protocols right as Nashawn Wright is coming out of it. I, I would just say that right now – this, there's some confusion with what this, how this team views whatever um, whatever's going on with the quarterback Dak Prescott. I mean, there, there's some there's some weirdness out there, and um, and we may in the coming days play some of this for you. But Mike McCarthy, or uh, basically came out and said, no, I don't think he's in a slump. I, you know, I think he's playing okay. Kellen Moore kind of said, no, I think he's you know, we all would like to play better. And I don't really fault them. I mean, I, I think uh, uh, McCarthy was quoted saying, I wouldn't say a quarterback uh, is having a slump. It's different in football. A lot of things go into it. I don't think Dak is in a slump. I think everything has not gone the way we would like to go or things we can improve on. That's the focus this week. We got a chance to go through the videos as a staff and the players went through Monday morning. We'll just keep working. It goes that way sometimes. Well, Jerry Jones was asked, I like how in the Dallas media, everyone has just sort of agreed, let's all call it a slump. And let's just go around, let's ask McCarthy. Now let's go ask Jerry Jones if Dak Prescott's in a slump. And then, of course, Thursday, when when they have access to Dak, they'll ask him, are you in a slump? And um, I, it's just funny that whoever brought that up, now that's become the common terminology. We're all going to refer to this as a slump. I mean, you call it what you want. I mean, it's poor play, poor decision-making, doesn't look right. He's either hurt or he's just playing poorly, maybe both, but something's not right. And I do want to say, as I said yesterday, Glenn Stretch-Smith, who had a show on this station and comes on with me sometimes, former Cowboys scout and coach, 
he was one of the first to call this out several weeks ago and said, he's not right. Like, this doesn't look right. And he had a great explanation for how he's supposed to be planting on his back foot and when he delivers the ball, what you know, how he's supposed to be up on his toe, and it's not looking right. And, you know, Mahomes and Rodgers, because of kind of who they are, they have the ability to throw off all these different levels and arm angles. Dak's not built like that. He needs to have his feet under him. He, he needs to have his mechanics. Everything needs to be kind of lined up for him to get to be in a good place. And quite honestly, he's just not there right now. Now, here's what Jerry Jones said when he was asked on 105.3 The Fan. He said, I don't want to say that slump but that's probably fair <laughs> but uh, it's such a multifaceted evaluation that I would say our offense is definitely away from where we were playing five and six games ago from the standpoint of production now here's something Fox is doing for me as we speak the uh, research crew with Fox is um, looking up the this this stretch of games that Dak has had, Aaron, since uh, since he came back from the calf strain. All right, that was after that was he. Um, obviously, um, Cooper Rush started against Minnesota, and then Dak came back the following game. All right, he had a couple of weeks off there, including the bye week, to get things right, and and then he came back. What they're going to do for me is is to look at what's the compare this stretch to what would be thought of as the worst stretch of his career. And maybe this is the worst stretch of his career, but basically previously, what was the worst stretch of his career? Well, they had a really good run in 2016, but Zeke was the star of that show. Dak was great, but, but Zeke was the star of that show. And that was the last year they really took it, you know, on down the road and, and did some things. I mean, I, I remember I'm trying to think, is that the is that the one, Aaron, that I'm trying to think which year ended with Jared Goff and the Rams and all of that. Um, you know, the Rams beat them in, and that was one of those seasons because I remember being at that game. That might have been 2000. 2019, I think. Was it? Was it two years ago? Anyway, um, I remember being out there for that. That game was at the Coliseum, and they got beat. And, well, the truth is um, Jason got fired after the 19th season, so it wouldn't have been 19. It could have been 18. But one of those seasons, you know, where you kind of thought they had a shot to do something, and then they got out there, and they didn't get it done. So uh, it is the uh, Matt Mosley Show, Aaron Sexton alongside as we continue on, and uh, we'll continue down this path and may even uh, give you an opportunity to sound off on this if you want to text about the Cowboys and, and whether you think this is the worst you've seen Dak play, 254-662-1660. We continue down this path next. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. 
everybody. It's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, we'll hear from Baylor's new soccer coach, Michelle Leonard, coming to Waco after 14 years as head coach at Dallas Baptist. That's straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Want to be a part of all things Baylor Athletics? Join the Baylor Cub Club presented by Green Eye Associates today. Free registration for the 2021-22 season is available now for kids 8th grade and under. Members receive discounted admission to select Baylor Athletics events and other great promotional items. Register at BaylorCubClub.com or email fan underscore engagement at Baylor.edu for additional information. Show off your Baylor pride and become a Cub Club member today. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. The official announcement came on Saturday. The introductory press conference came yesterday. Michelle Leonard introduced as the sixth head coach in the history of Baylor soccer. Leonard joins the Bears following 14 years as head coach at Dallas Baptist. Her playing career included collegiately at the University of North Texas. Now she takes over a very solid program from Paul Jobson. Here's Baylor's new soccer coach, Michelle Leonard. I chose Baylor because the mission aligned exactly with my mission in life and with the, the, what I believe God has called me to do. Coaching has never been about a job for me. Uh, it's always been a calling, and I feel that God has uniquely equipped me to coach at a high level and to compete for championships and to disciple and mentor young women. And it was clear early in the process that that is what Baylor was about. You can do one of those things at some places, and you can do the other one of those things at some places, but here at Baylor we can do both. We can compete for championships, and we can disciple young women, and I feel like that's what I have been called to do in this life, and I'm just so blessed to be able to do that here. The community and the family aspect was also incredibly important. My boys are 11 and 12. Um, they're right in the thick of elementary and middle school, and they are very, very excited for this transition. But we wanted to make sure we were going somewhere that they would be welcome and included. They view the team as family, and, and the team views them as family. And so coming here and interacting with everybody during the process has made it clear that that is what Baylor is about. They're about family, they're about community, and they've welcomed my family with open arms. That is Baylor's new soccer coach, Michelle Leonard, at her introductory press conference yesterday in Waco. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. 
Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. When shopping for a home mortgage, Benchmark Mortgage, Waco, Central Texas is ready to bring you home. Offering conventional VA, FHA, and USDA loan products for purchase and refinance transactions. Our team is committed to providing a first-class experience and united by the Benchmark core values. Success, relationship, dynamic, excellence, and positive attitude. We provide certainty in uncertain times. Benchmark Mortgage, Waco, Central Texas. Locally owned and operated by Adam Goldenberg. And MLS number 7464. With 20 years experience, visit adamgoldenberg.benchmark.us. They have it all at Deadfish Grill. Great food and atmosphere, signature cocktails, and a perfect view to complete your day. Their menu features seafood, steaks, burgers, catfish, and chicken fried steaks. Some of the best seafood entrees in Central Texas include coconut shrimp, gumbo, oysters, Cajun pasta, and salmon. And ask about Sunday brunch. Come catch a bite and enjoy the sunset. Deadfish Grill on beautiful Lake Belton. Check them out at deadfishgrill.com and on Facebook. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas, alongside Aaron Sexton. We uh, move right into uh, three hours today. Kind of my old, for many years, I did three hours, even right here at ESPN Central Texas. And uh, so we were filling in for John today, and uh, been a good time. Um, Ray Biles was on... Uh, this uh, Coach Biles was on this this morning uh, with Tom, and I believe they've got uh, Brian Bell uh, booked for Thursday. And, uh, man, that's good stuff. All the stuff happening. Franklin involved as well as they get ready for these state title games. And um, we're going to have Lark in position, and he'll be uh, observing all these things and doing some call-in, some live call-ins for us on Thursday and Friday. Nobody gives a score update quite like Lark Smith, but Lark's going to be focused. Lark puts a ball cap on. I'm trying to think which one is his favorite cap. He, when he puts his, his favorite cap on, oh, maybe a Cabela's cap. Yeah, he, like, he likes that Cabela's cap, and that's really kind of when he gets in his zone and he focuses on football. And so Lark will uh, kind of be our eye in the sky. I don't know. I may, I may get... Thursday, we're going to be at Deadfish Grill in um, in Belton, getting you ready for that uh, for that uh, Division Three championship game, and that's going to be a huge thing. But Thursday, I might just I might just get a wild hair and slip over to those uh, those uh, state title games, and just do the show, um, just do it via tie line from sitting in the stadium. I don't know what the sound will be like, Aaron. It may get be a little too loud. I wonder if I could get to, like, the corner of the stadium somewhere, find some quiet. But I love watching our local teams. And, uh, of course, Lorena in action. And then uh, uh, Franklin and uh, China Spring. And really had hoped Mart would. Everybody thought Mart would after uh, five straight trips. But, hey, that's why they line up and play. And, um, you know, Fall City, you knew they were going to show up and uh, – and, and, and do their thing, and quite honestly, they got it done. And there are a lot of reasons for that, but uh, still a tremendous season for Mart. And what ha- the ending of it shouldn't mar. It's, it's always tough when you follow 
several trips to the state title, and then you don't make it to the state title game. Well, it's still an incredible season, and uh, they mowed through a lot of people. So I think all the folks from Mart, all those players should take a lot of pride in the season they had. All right, we'll continue. Uh, we do have some uh, so the dismount coming up. I did uh, I, 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 this, this back and forth right now with the media and Jerry Jones and Dak Prescott, it, I find it fascinating. And Dak's not in a good place. And the problem is Dak's playing poorly, and Dak is widely considered the best leader on this team. I mean, I'd put him ahead of Mike McCarthy as a leader. I mean, I, maybe that's unfair to Mike McCarthy, but I just think this team looks to Dak. Well, you need your best player to be playing well, and it's always tricky and awkward when your best player's going through a real rough patch. And while these players still believe in him, he's putting them in bad spots. That pick six was bad. Um, and, and this is a guy that has a lot of resolve, and he'll come back from it. But right now he's, he's playing poorly. If he goes out and plays poorly against the Giants, I, I mean, I think the Giants give you a great opportunity, and I think he'll play well. I, I'm anxious to see what the elements are going to do. Sound like Bill Parcells. He used to always talk about the elements. This quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott, seems to struggle in cold weather. And there are some quarterbacks who are built for cold weather. Rodgers, um, even though he didn't come from a cold weather background. Uh, Josh Allen just comes from cold weather. Big, uh, can whistle it right through the wind. I don't know if Dak performs that great in cold weather. So we need to kind of keep our eye on the forecast for this weekend. All right, Matt Mosley show, Aaron Sexton alongside. The dismount is next. Scott Brew and the Bears, all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back in action Saturday on the road at Oregon. 8.30 Central Time for the countdown to tip-off. 9 p.m. tip-off Saturday for the Bears and the Ducks. Follow the defending Big 12 and national champion Bears the entire season with Pat and John right here on ESPN Central Texas. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different, bank central. Central National Bank, member FDIC. The Real Texas Gun Show, Saturday, December 18th and Sunday, December 19th at the Bell County Expo. The Real Texas Gun Show is proud to be a place where small mom-and-pop vendors share the floor with large dealers. They buy, sell, and trade firearms at the shows. The vendors are some of the most reputable in the state of Texas, and the variety at the shows is extensive. But oftentimes, they don't have it, now they don't make it. The Real Texas Gun Show has more than just guns. You'll also find survivalist equipment, collectibles, and tons of ammo. So come on down to the Real Texas Gun Show, December 18th, 9 to 5, and December 19th, noon to 4 at the Bell County Expo. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. When it comes to me and my money, I know the way it should be. 
Genco has extended their offer till the end of the year. Refinance your vehicle today at Genco with rates as low as 1.69% for 48 months and have 90 days of no payments. Refinancing can lower your payment so you pay less for your car. Apply online and get an additional 0.1% off our already low rate. You can't pass on rates this low and make no payments for 90 days. For more information, go to GencoFCU.org. Annual percentage rate subject to change without notice. Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and loan policies. NCUA, equal housing lender. They're people I trust. They treat me like family. My money, my future, my credit union. Genco. It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show. Dismount is upon us. Part of this show where we have to say goodbye, sadly. We've had three solid hours with you today. Filling in for J-Mo. J-Mo has had some some assignment out of town and... uh, Somehow he always gets all these Baylor beats and the Baylor bullet and the Baylor whatever these things are, the Big 12 blitz. Man, we've got all kinds of things. And he just hammers all these things out and uh, does a really nice job. I did want to say um, thank you, Shorty's Pizza Shack. Thank you for what you do. Ted Shorty Browning, Chris Salazar, that whole gang out there, uh, Kyle Ferguson, tremendous pizza they make great pizzas they got great wings and uh, just right over there in the shadows of the Baylor campus about 12th street where I have it and I am always driving by and I'll just go give me a slice of pepperoni in fact that's really what I want right now haven't eaten today would love a slice of pizza from uh, Shorty's Pizza Shack and as I'm uh, headed to Belton on Friday, I'll you know before I get down there and eat all that catfish, I'll get a slice of pizza. It's how I, it's how I do things, okay? And uh, I don't know if it's very healthy for me, but I do love that place. And also, thanks to Central National Bank, our sponsors. I saw Joe Nesbitt hanging out on Twitter earlier today, and I think I was making fun of some of his old fraternity brothers, SAEs at Baylor. So he kind of liked that. And uh, but he's the president of the bank. The vice president, executive vice president, Brian Fonville. Brian, extremely talented in so many areas. Um, the, the, the Nesbitts have some acting in their background. They've done some acting. And then Fonville's more of a musician. I've never seen a bunch of uh, uh, talented bankers. Usually these people are kind of numbers wonks, and they sit around counting money. And over at C&B, they're just making music and entertaining people. It's a... It's kind of an amazing thing, but uh, appreciate C&B, appreciate their sponsorship, their loyalty over all these years. Appreciate all our sponsors. All right, um, lots to uh, to to get into. We got to pretty much say goodnight to you. I did want to say SMU is now doing NIL. Uh, Baylor's got to make sure we, I mean, I, I know that there may be legislation or something coming and Maybe they'll, maybe Congress will get involved, but until they do, Bears are going to have to. Texas University of Texas now has like an NIL program that they fund for all the kids. There's like a big pot of money 
you know, you, Quinn Ewers and his dad have shown up in town, and they're just making it rain. They're just waving all their money around town because uh, they've already got like a million from Ohio State, and they said, you know what, we're done. We're out of here. And now they expect all the money from the Longhorns. So I want the Bears to make sure we're doing everything we can. I know you are, but uh, my goodness. The reason I brought it up, SMU rolled out a program. Eric Dickerson's going to help fund it. A million on an annual, more than a million on an annual basis. Unbelievable. It's back. SMU's pay it again. And now it's legal all these years later. Hey, thanks to everybody, UBO, all our folks. It is the Matt Mosley Show. Good night, everybody. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Blitz, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference football. Here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 football on today's Spectrum Big 12.